Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. How are you doing? Oh, look, it's Donald Trump. You're showing me a picture of Donald Trump. Uh-oh, scissors, you're cutting through Donald Trump's face. Mickey, Mickey, you sure you want to do this? Yes, I do. You may never be welcome back in your tribe. I think you've just cut the ties. Donald Trump has screwed the pooch, Bob. Oh, yeah, I saw that tweet of yours. I'm unconvinced. What did he do? And how come oh, nobody was you know, paying attention to that other than you on Twitter, so far as I can tell? People should be paying more attention to it. After, you know, the Georgia election was a test of whether the guy had enough self-control to sublimate his, you know, personal vendetta in order to advance what he supposedly believes in, which is all the thing, all the issues. Can he, I just he ran can on. I just interrupt you for a second? Wasn't 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 that about the one thousandth test over the previous four years? Like, was there any was there any doubt remaining? Well, but he'd accomplished some things, and it was but it was a it, it was a key moment when the the control of the Senate obviously hang, hung in the balance. Mm-hmm. If if there were one Republican and one of the two that were running in the runoff. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have this whole infrastructure, a social infrastructure, build back better bill. The Republicans would be in charge of the Senate. We would still probably have an infrastructure bill. We wouldn't have uh, any prospect probably of an immigration amnesty. A whole lot of things that Trump supposedly believes in would be much better for the nation. OK, in against, your view, in against your view. his well, in Trump's view, too, supposedly. Right. I mean, that right. And, uh, and uh, against that was his, you know, his grievance about the election being stolen. And all he had to do was sublimate it for like a week or two and he couldn't do it. OK, that was bad enough. That really cut it for me. I really had it with him then. OK, yeah. But this week he is he is uh, he put out a statement statement by Donald J. Trump, 45th president of the United States. If we don't solve the presidential election fraud of 2020 which we have thoroughly and conclusively documented, Republicans will not be voting in 22 or 24. It is the single most important thing for Republicans to do. So he's doing the same thing he did in Georgia, which is uh, give Republicans permission not to vote, which is why the Democrats won, except now he's taking it national. And he's threatening to fuck up the midterms, which the Republicans had, had basically, you know, they were hanging in the drapes already. They they thought they they have it won. And this he is saying, uh, I'm going to fuck it up for you by discouraging Republicans for voting. And that's just like unbelievable. So now the dynamic, him. first of all, dynamics a little different than in Georgia. In Georgia, the idea was he convinced them that they couldn't that their vote, in effect, wouldn't count because things were so dishonestly calculated right what wasn't wasn't that the idea he, he, but he's invoking the same principle they're not going to vote no he's saying i'm organizing a boycott this time that's different well i think it's both he's also saying they're not they're not they're not going to vote because they don't trust the system and i've gotten tons of emails saying you know he's right i'm not going to vote it's all rigged so really? obviously that's what people yeah that's what people are, i mean tons responses to twitter mickey twitter. Do, you, do you know how much one email weighs uh you know how much tweet, you know how many tweet. emails it would take to have tons? This is I got 20 or 30 tweets, which for me is a lot, saying uh he's right, uh the whole system is rigged, I'm not voting. So obviously people who follow him have taken that message. And uh it's worse than that, Bob. Uh uh-oh. Uh well, you know, my 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 principle, and you could say this is the way I rationalize my support for early support for Trump is that after he lost, he went insane. 
because uh, he couldn't right. take it. You voted uh, for the good Trump and then he went crazy and then you voted for him again. So you're really not he, to blame. He started to go insane with COVID. Mm -hmm. I admit that was long before he lost. But uh, but he um, so perhaps he was insane all along, but he kept it in check. And uh, and he really lost it after the election. He clearly, you know, did things after the election that were crazier than he'd done before. Um, and it's clear to me now the Republicans are totally fucked because obviously we're hoping that somebody takes him on. And that's mm -hmm. why I think it's important to start opposition to him now, because uh, it's going to take a while to erode his support. Uh, but even if suppose Ron DeSantis has the balls to get in the race, and suppose Ron DeSantis beats him, okay? He's not going to turn around and endorse DeSantis for the for No, of the course presidency. not. He, he will doom his candidacy. He will, he will, he will. Which yeah, he, he can will, do, which he will yes. have the power to do. He will sabot, he will take it out on him yeah. by sabotaging his candidacy, by yeah. claiming it's fraud or refusing to endorse him yeah. or running as a third party or calling for a boycott. So the Republicans are totally fucked yeah. as long as Trump is politically active. If it's what you say, I love it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I assume it's dawned on them that this happened. This this is the case. And I don't quite know what well, they can do about it. I, well, I, well, I'm not convinced that if he actually gets the nomination, they're they're doomed. Sure, surely you don't think that you, you think this one thing is is ending his chances of winning. the. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Um, I'm not saying he might not win fair and square. But I'm saying he's insane and we don't want him to win fair and square. We want another nominee. Mm. And he's in before 2024 is a good chance he will screw up the midterms. And I think this is insane. And you said on Twitter that it's rational. How is it rational? Um, well, first, let me say the other thing I said. The other thing I said was on Twitter was he, he will quit saying this within a week and people will have forgotten about it in a month. And, and I'm sticking with that. And I haven't heard many people. You 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 you're you say that your crowd is is somewhat, uh, you know, attentive to it. I haven't seen much about it. No, I think there's it's been an fade. incredible lack of attention to it. I agree. OK, that's my that's what I predicted. They've forgotten about it already. But that's I'm what I said. Sure but I'm the media has forgotten about it, but I'm not sure his base voters have forgotten about it. Well, if he quits saying it, they will. Most Why of them are as old as us. They're the not going to remember guy. something for, for, you know, more he's, than a year. He's going to stop being obsessed about the 2020 election because he's now he's got it out of his system. No, he's going to keep talking about it. Well, we'll see. It could be that he'll actually get a kind of negative feedback that dissuades him. It could be that he'll just move on to something I, I else. I think he's gotten some negative feedback already, obviously, but I think it'll dissuade him for a month or two and then he'll be back. But on he, the he also hasn't gotten what he hopes to get with these things, which is lavish media attention. So he's got he hasn't gotten the kind of positive feedback. That's a likes. good point. That's a good point. So uh, 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 so he hasn't gotten the catnip, the, the little pellet of media attention that he expects. Right. And, and, and maybe that's kind of what I meant when I said it's rational. He wants attention above all. But I don't think I did. I think I was thinking, well, well it 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 it. it it rouses the base and and they continue to love him and it, uh, it gets him the nomination or something. Maybe I meant it, that, but I'm not sure I'm willing to stand by it's that. It's inexplicable. So well, Eric Erickson had a theory, which I'll get to, but it's inexplicable that the, the media hasn't paid attention to it since it would hurt Trump if they did pay attention to it and they hate Trump. So why didn't they pay attention to it? Um, for starters, the... Uh, the, the 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 MSM the kind of resistance media spent four years 
doing things that were stupid from their perspective, right? I mean, they they, they just consistently did things that galvanized his base. So and now they're in the we don't pay attention to Trump mode when they should. Well, be I just mean attention. expecting rational, you know, expecting the the resistance media to do things that are actually bad for Trump would be a bizarre expectation at this point. What they did was things that maximized clicks and viewers. Um, maybe they're all on family leave, leave, like our Secretary of Transportation, and in the middle of a supply chain crisis. Yeah, you realize he's been on family leave for two months. No, but let not, me quickly amend what I just said. I not mean, on the I, job. Just quickly, I do wonder why the media didn't cover it now that I remind myself that they're interested in clicks and viewers. You'd think this could get that for them. Right. Anyway, the, go ahead. Uh, Eric Erickson's theory as to why it was rational is Trump can't have the Republicans win the midterms because that proves that you can win an election despite the rigged system. So it's in his interest to sabotage the Republicans. Erickson's always been anti-Trump, but it's at least a theory. That's a pretty arcane. I don't know. So what? Who? Who's been on family leave or something? What'd you say? Pete Buttigieg, our Secretary of Transportation. Oh, he is our Secretary of Transportation. Well, you wouldn't know it. He's back home with Cheston or whatever his name is, and there. I I think it's Chasten. And there are two babies, and he's enjoying parental leave while the country sinks into a supply chain crisis. Yeah, that supply chain thing, man. I've been I've been reading up on that. It's trouble. Well, As you know, I, I think about buying a new car too, and it's going to add several thousand dollars to the price. Um, uh, we'll um, we'll talk we can, about that. We can um, get to that. Uh, what, what, so what, I, I also think. Um, uh, I also think this decreases the art. This is this is not my attempt to drive you, get you mad, although that's I coming to do that. Yeah. But um the uh, this sort of this is so idiotic of Trump that I think it sort of decreases the idea that he's a fascist is about to take over America, unless the argument is that why would he want his voters not to vote? I, unless the argument is they stop voting, they go home, they stockpile their arms, and they're ready to start a civil war when the Democrat wins the 2024 election. I just think you're misreading Trump's governing algorithm. Look, he wakes up every day and says, how can I get attention today? That's it. That's That's it. That is not what a fascist would do. That is not what a well, well, that's true. But also when you start saying, well, maybe he thinks this will happen. Maybe he thinks if you're talking more than 36 hours from now. No, he's not the one who said he was rational, Bob. I thought it wasn't me. Well, I see. Yeah, his goal being to get attention every day. He's been pretty good at that. And now getting kicked off Twitter was uh, probably hurt. But uh it definitely hurt, and 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 uh, and making all the Republicans, which is his party, hate him, arguably, uh, you know, arguably hurts him because he's not going to be president if he might destroy the Republicans, but he's not going to be president if the Republicans nominate somebody else. I, we agree race. on that. We agree on that. But but we all and we also agree that the person they nominate will not win. Right. Because Trump will sabotage him all to the good. Pete Buttigieg will win and then he'll spend the entire presidency on family leave and the country will run an autopilot. It'll be great. You know, I just had uh, this is a little related. Uh, I just had uh, a lunch with a political scientist at Princeton and was reminded in talking to him that I basically never meet anyone who likes Kamala Harris. There are so many different demographics I've tested at this point. No this one guy didn't, likes like her. didn't like her either. No, nobody does. Yeah. I mean, you know, my my uh, you know, one of my two uh, 
one of my two left wing daughters says, I think representative of her generation and cohort cohort. She's woke just says, you know, she's a cop. So, I mean, By the way- she doesn't even have, you know, parts of the left that uh, that you would you might otherwise expect on the basis of her kind of demographic profile. Um, she's the Megan Kelly of Democrat of democratic politics, except Megan Kelly's made a comeback. And, uh, there was a period when everybody in America hated Megan Kelly. Remember that? And then she sort of lost her perch and now she's back. So maybe where, where is she? Where is she back? Is she a totally online presence? I think so. And she, she tried to start an online show and it flopped, but, but I mean, she, nobody hates her anymore. How can you hate somebody who's, you know, uh, who's just an online presence and, you know, right. It's like us who hates us. Exactly. Well, um, there, one of my, one of my most persistent critics and my smartest critics who I've come to respect is this person, Emma Wright. Yeah. You've asked me in the past if uh, I'm related to her. I have a niece named Emma, but her, 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 her last name's not right. Anyway, go okay. ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, but, but um, wait, no, so, go ahead. You're going to say, or were you just going to ask me if I'm related to her? Yes. The um, answer is no. Okay. Um, well, wait, so, tell us about her. Why do you bring her up? I mean, she, she would be the only person you were talking about people who hate it, hate it, hate us. Oh, and she hates saying, us. She doesn't hate us, but she, she trolls us. Well, few people hate both of us. Most people hate one of us. Most people hate me. Very few people hate you. Oh, that's so untrue. I'm that's widely your hated. skillful PR, skillful PR, never really saying anything that's going to piss people off. Oh, give me a gosh darn break, Mickey. Um, by the way, uh, so we can talk about this in the parrot room, which reminds me that anyone who bails, if you're watching this on video, do not just bail out. If you're going to bail out, go to the very end and look at the cool little trailer, five second trailer thing that I think will be added to the end of this. If all goes according to plan, this is some killer shit. All right. And and we have Uh, Nikita, uh, the great Nikita Petrov to thank. Is it animated? Um, I wouldn't put it like that. Okay. I I should, I should plug his newsletter while we're talking about him. Uh, it's called psychopolitica. It's, uh, if you're interested in artsy avant-garde, uh, psychedelic stuff. By the way, do you have, do you have the mics geared correctly? Cause last time they were off and you, you intimidating me with your big tube and mic while you suck up to Ezra Klein is not the look I'm going for. Okay. Just saying that. <laughs> okay. Uh, some people were saying you need what you need. There was this volume discrepancy, which was started was with mis- your giant tube and mic. I don't think that was it. I, but people did suggest that you need a more phallic mic. Could you show them the giant tube and mic just so they know what we're talking about? Well, first I have to do a, uh, both a trigger warning and encourage everyone 18, uh, 18 or under to leave the room. This is definitely NSFW. You ready for this? Jesus. <laughs> Man, if Dave Chappelle tried that, that would he'd be that off would the be, air. The, he would be off the air. Did you watch the Dave Chappelle, the controversial? I'm ready to talk about it. I'll talk, I'll talk about it later, but... Um, Why not uh, now if you're so ready? Oh, yeah, we should... You mean we should stick with politics because that's our brand? Yeah, yeah, for a while. You know, uh, I just can't tell you how delighted I am that we have gone this far without talking about hard or soft infrastructure. Now, sadly, we will come to that because you put out an issue of your newsletter, Cal's Files. It's next on the list, Bob. On that very subject. 
And let's face it, talking about an issue of your newsletter is such a rare and precious opportunity <laughs> that we can't let it go by. It, I'm turning out every month and a half, Bob. I can't keep up this pace. Yeah. No, I was kidding. It's really, it's, you're amazingly you prolific. It's wearing me down. You can tell. You're amazingly prolific um, for a man of your productivity so, level. Uh, here's what's happening seems to be the uh, the progressors are making a big show of how they're going to stand tough. And again, you know, and you could, you know, I thought the whole point of the previous, you know, events in in the house where they let the progressors win was to satiate the progressors needs to posture and pre and so then they can get down to business but they're posturing and preening again and saying you know uh we're not going to give up any of our programs and well but they have to cut the cost down so they got to give up something but they put out this statement saying uh we're not we want to keep all our programs so they've decided rather they've decided they've chosen not to choose they they, they don't want to make this painful choice among the 10 programs they like it's not since all I care about is, you know, I don't care if they pass if they pass a guarantee to community college. That's fine. It's it's a bunch of money. It might not work. It's a good thing. I like a it. Child care program. That's fine. It's bureaucratic. It'll be unionized. People prefer informal child care, but it's just wasting money. But the child tax credit, which is welfare for mainly single moms, the the problem the problematic part is welfare for mainly single moms who don't work. Uh, will 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 dramatically change the texture of life in America, and it's not a good thing. So, okay. so it's not you're, clear to me that the progressives really care about that. It's not on their list of priorities. Okay, so who does care about it? Can I can I just frame what you're about to say? I uh, so this is in you. You're about to do the argument in your newsletter, right? No, I wasn't going to get to that. I have a few more points to make for. Okay, well, when um, you get there, I want to frame that for you. I'm okay. here to help. Um, so it's not clear that it's on anybody's priority list that maybe because they assume it's going to pass and it's already baked into the cake or maybe because they're about to throw it overboard. I don't know. It doesn't poll well. They, they took a second poll and it failed again by like a 52 to 35 margin, mm -hmm. exactly the same margin as two months ago. So it's just not popular. So if you're a David Shore type and you say they should advance what's popular, uh, this fails that test. He's the father of popularism, we should popularism, say. Popularism, correct. Recently written about by Ezra Klein in a much discussed post. Who is a god among men. You notice that too. That's so weird. I was just thinking that the other day. That's sort of his Homeric epithet. Yeah, um, and well-deserved, I might Who changed add. my life. How much traffic did he tell you for you to turn into a Ezra Klein Mooney? How much traffic? Uh, well, well uh, after he interviewed me, um, uh, you know, I picked up uh, you know, a couple thousand unpaid uh, newsletter subscribers and a uh, couple hundred paid. It was it was a good it was a good day's work. That's pretty good. I, I'd call him a god among men if he did. He that is a god among men. As I, I think I just said, did I not say? Yeah, he's a god yeah. among men. Um, anyway, um, on the left, Matt Brunig pointed out that the statistics are that it, this isn't going to cut poverty in half. All the boasts about how this is the tax credit is going to cut poverty. In, poverty and half are bullshit because the people who don't file taxes aren't signing up. It's only reaching 14% of the target audience. So it ain't going to cut poverty in half. The, the, the people who don't file taxes are, of course, the poorest because they don't work uh, and they don't have income and they don't get taxed. Uh, so uh, it's, uh, or a lot of them don't work. Uh, and uh, so it's not going to achieve its alleged money liberal aim of reducing money poverty. 
Um, and I also think it's vulnerable for the reason that you're about to sabotage. Which Am I? Is you, you could run a really nasty negative ad uh. against any swing Democrat who votes for this thing saying he voted to recreate welfare. We thought we'd recreated welfare. And now he's sending money to people who don't work. Uh, and so I think that that's very damaging. They Romney tried it with Obama and it didn't work only because Obama mobilized all hands on deck to counter it because it was so potentially potent. So I, I do think uh, swing Democrats will not want to vote, want to vote for this. It's not sure. It's, and they're not not voting for something that's not popular. They're not voting for something that will cause them to lose their seats because somebody could run a fairly or unfairly run a negative attack out on them. So now we have moved to your newsletter. This right? is what my newsletter was about. Right. So you're, wasn't, you're, by the way, it wasn't my idea. I stole it from a friend. Yeah. No, there's a long uh, and, you know, honorable genre uh, that consists of people taking what they want to happen for ideological reasons and arguing that it's also the politically smart thing to do. And That's my specialty. It is your specialty. And I saw early on, everybody. Everybody. I saw early on. Like uh, that you were doing it in your newsletter and you were saying, let's see, which of these three things, you know, would you which of these would you dump from the bill uh, on grounds of sheer political calculation? And I thought, I think I know what what the answer is going to be. But I read on anyway. Well, it's the one that polls badly, too. Yeah. So you're you're saying right, Bob, you're saying that of the main constituents of of this, uh, of the things that they need to dump um, the candidates for dumping. Uh, this is the one that the Repu Republicans could do the nastiest attack at about harness that anti-welfare mother sentiment, basically. Correct. Now, would the visuals for this have like, you know, black mother smoking crack while her toddler puts tweezers in an electrical outlet or something? Have you, have you thought that about was this? the cover of the New Republic <laughs> when, when. When the welfare bill was being considered, and I don't think the tweezers were there, and I don't think it was no. crack. I think she was just smoking. She was smoking a cigarette. a cigarette. It's a famous. They got a, uh, uh, accused of playing the race card. I was assuming you would one up them and do something. They, who? Who do you mean they? The New Republic. Us. I was there. I wrote the editorial. Yeah, well, I, I wasn't involved. I didn't pick the cover I art. I wrote the editorial. Not with what? me, dude. Uh, who? Who, who was the editor? That must have been an Andrew thing. Mike wouldn't have done that, would he? No, Marty might have inflicted it on Mike. Who did that? Who's the editor? I think it was. Well, the whole editorial was designed to to put welfare reform in the tradition of Marty caring about what happened to the black family. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. So Marty, I'm sure, was consulted. I don't I forget. I think it was when David Greenberg and Peter Biner were co-editing it or something. Wait, David uh, was, Greenberg was never co-editing, though. He was never. He Greenberg never definitely edited the piece. Oh, well, that's possible. There are many editors at a so, magazine, yeah. but he was so never. I don't know whether he was acting as editor in chief when he did it. Um, he was not. I can assure you he was never editor in chief. And it, uh, OK, well, anyway, strictly um, speaking, there was only one editor in chief in the entire. Marty's title was editor in chief. People. OK, this. Wait, well, he wasn't he wasn't the Mike Kinsley figure. No. Um, anyway, uh, no. Uh, the ad would be probably be like the Romney ad, which I went I went back and looked, you know, basically what happened in 2012 is Obama's liberal people inside the HHS bureaucracy said, we want we're we're allowing states to get, have get waivers to the work requirements to give cash to mothers who are just so fucked up that we can't expect them to work. So we just give them cash. Fuck it. Mm -hmm. OK, and that's giving cash to people without a work requirement. But no state had taken 
up this offer. And in fact, none did. Uh, but this was enough for Romney to say, Obama's plan to get rid of the work requirement. But that wasn't deceptive. There was a plan by David Greenberg and the people at, at uh, deep within the bowels of HHS Wait, to get David, rid of the work David Greenberg or somebody, Stan or somebody else? Or David Greenberg? I say David Greenberg, I meant uh, Mark Greenberg. Mark Greenberg, okay. Mark, anyway, um, uh, the... Uh, Obama said this wasn't true. There was, and they could basically say no checks have gone out. No state has taken us up on this. We haven't gotten rid of the work requirement. And that was true, too. So they effectively countered it. But here the checks have already gone out. They've gone out all over the country. And clearly Biden wants to continue them. So it seems to me the ad would have more traction. Yeah, I have a technical question about I, this whole bargaining. Oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? And McCarthy has already talked about it. So, you know, when McCarthy goes on uh, the, the GOP leader in the House goes on his stream of consciousness raps about, you know, what are the things to complain about? He complains about, you know, the $600. Uh, if you have $600 in your bank account, the IRS can snoop. He complains about you know, illegal immigration and he complains about uh, the work requirement for the child tax credit. So mm-hmm. the Republicans are like not not onto this and the polls obviously are steering them in this direction. My technical question before we move on to something else, should we decide to? No, I it, think this is good for another hour. You think for, now, for the rest of the day we can talk yeah. infrastructure? Yeah, works for me. Um, so it, it's just like when the Democrats say they're choosing between, you know, dropping some of these big ticket items altogether or just funding them for less time. I mean, doesn't don't like doesn't mansions just say, no, no, wait, that's cheating because I mean. If you just say instead of instead of three point five trillion over 10 years, it's half that over five. It's the same annual expenditure. And Man- Manchin's whole point is to reduce annual expenditure. Right. I don't. Am I missing? Am I misunderstanding what is being proposed by them here? If, if a if Manchin is sincere. Yes. Uh, but we don't know if Manchin is sincere or if he can bought, be bought off by some cheap optics. Uh, you know, nobody's ever said. Joe Manchin is a man of principle. He will never sell out in a negotiation. And they don't say that. They say Manchin can be bought. So the question is what he can be bought by. Uh, the second thing is, uh, it's possible that Manchin doesn't just care about expenditures this year, but he he cares about the overall decline into debt and the overall sort of uh, uh, propagation of entitlements that are going to bankrupt us. Mm-hmm. And if you shorten the time frame in four years, there's a chance to kill it. So he is it is, a, it is an actual concession. It gives Republicans a chance to kill these entitlements. And, uh, you know, it makes a big difference. And David Dianne of the American Prospect made this point clearly. Liberals don't like it. Smart liberals don't like it because as opposed to the progressive caucus, because it, it it's it's much easier to eliminate something that if you do nothing, it's going to go away, then it is to get rid of something. Mm-hmm. If you do nothing, it's going to stay there. It's just our, our, our system is built for inertia. Now, that's mm-hmm. not true for the child tax credit. Which, well, well, sorry, that that is true for the child tax credit, too. If it's slated to go away, it's easier to get rid of it. So that Manchin could say, well, they're not necessarily 10-year bankrupting expenditures. We're, we're going to be able to get rid of some of them, so it's better than nothing. Okay. I don't know. That's that would make that's why it's not complete cosmetics, but it's mainly cosmetics. Now about that, Dave Ch- Chappelle. Um, so he so he has this 
a couple uh, guess two two shows i mean two episodes of a show on netflix so far and, and one of them he went into trans stuff in a way that led people to want to cancel him and there's going to be some net or has been some netflix employee walk out or something he, he only has one as, as far as i know I think and, there's maybe uh, two shows, but one was on trains, but I'm not but people, but I'm not sure. Or, or part of it no, was about has, that. This is his new show, and he has a bunch of old shows that offended trans people too, I think. Okay. They're all I, on uh, Netflix. He's a Netflix, uh a Netflix regular. Okay. Uh that's one of the reasons they're standing behind him because he's done a series of high-rated shows with him. Um, but it's a recent okay, but it's a very recent thing is, that's this got is a everybody all that just dropped, as the kids say. Just dropped. Did they say that? um and there was a ridiculous, just a really ridiculous article in the New York Times uh, uh, saying, um, you know, this has damaged Netflix. Netflix used to be big, but now they're now they're damaged. And there's no evidence they've been damaged. The controversy may even help them. Uh, and it was just obviously some editor of the New York Times saying, you know, he has offended the, the LGBTQ community. Get an article to how this has damaged Netflix. I want that article tomorrow. And some guy dutifully wrote it as no evidence that this has happened. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, and what's more, he, it, it misses what seems to me the key way Chappelle offended people, which is he has a couple of anti-Semitic cracks. He's clearly, he clearly doesn't like Jews. Okay. I mean, he, well, I, heard, people, I heard he, trans I, people, he, he, he tolerates, he has a sort of visceral, visceral sort of reaction against them but you know some of his best friends are trans people he is that's the point of the whole routine well he apparently like, ends on that note with a with a touching anecdote about a it's trans comedian it's a little pat but yeah well she actually died and now he's giving money to her daughter or something yeah there's he, he has a he has a he talks about his interaction with the trans comedian who started off hostile mm -hmm. and he became to be her best friend and then a week later she jumped off a building so it's it's moving and sad and, and tear jerky in a way that's a little too convenient for him. But uh he, but he doesn't hate trans people. Jews, on the other hand, he has uh, to he has what, to steer. What's what's the worst thing he says about Jews? Well, he says he says he has he says he has this idea for a movie. Uh uh, which, wait, I'm preparing. Involves, wait, wait, wait. I'm preparing to not laugh at this. You're so going to laugh at this, Bob. No, I'm not going to laugh. You're gonna laugh not, no, this. because if I laugh, I'll get canceled. I'm not going to laugh. You're going to laugh at this and you're going to be canceled. Okay, this, go ahead. This is, this is, he has an idea for a movie, which in which. <laughs> God damn it. Now I'm going to laugh regardless because I'm thinking, people, don't laugh. This is like when you're in church. Live. When we were these in church and what? we would go, when we were in church when I was a kid, it's like one of my siblings would just start laughing and precisely because you're not supposed to laugh in church, it would be contagious. You would feel their shoulders right. shaking and you start laughing. This is like this. If I laugh folks, it's not because I think this joke is funny. Okay. Let's hear it. Uh, it, it, it involves a race of people who, who are, are very, very advanced and they leave earth and colonize outer space. And, and they have a bad time on this new planet that they are. So they come back and, and they want to reclaim the earth as theirs. And he mm -hmm. says, and I have a title for this. Space Jews. It's not fair. Yeah. It's not fair. Very impressive self-control there, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I, I guess this is an analogy now. to Israel. Uh, well, that's what I was going to say. It's not obvious enough what the joke is. Is that the joke? It, it, um, wait, 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 wait. wait. The, 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 he later refers to something where, where he says, 
which doesn't involve reclaiming land. And he says, and you know, the name for that is space Jews. <laughs> like, and he just well, that's, kind, that's kind of funny because then he's kind of making fun of himself, isn't he? Yes. No, it was. Yes, that was funnier. But it was also it was less anti-Semitic because he was making fun of himself. But it was more anti-Semitic because he was applying this space Jews analogy in a context that didn't involve Israel and just involved Jews being aggressive assholes. Anyway, this, as you know, I, I, this wouldn't bother me because I thought it was funny and Jews can take it. And, you know, what's his name? Who's the, uh, who's the famous Jewish comedian who died about a few months ago? Yeah, he had, but the the shtick of his, they played when he died was about Jews being hard to satisfy, but it was about food. And I actually did not think it was funny, but uh, that was his shtick. Um, no, this is Jackie Mason couldn't really object to this because uh, it's he his, put it all out. It's in the his open. yeah. But, um, uh, but, so, but, but I heard that Chappelle but, you targeted know, all, all kinds of groups, didn't he? Multiple not groups, really. Even this, is, this is didn't the only one that really was complete. He made no attempt to tone it down. The other ones, mm-hmm. he said, "I'm a feminist, but I have problems with this." You know, I you know I was. Oh wrong yeah, he did. To say, he did. I was wrong to say this about trans people, but you know, they're you know they're, they're their pussy isn't like the other people's pussy. Which is the high point of the routine, by the way. Yeah, um, I'm I'm rolling in the aisles. That was wonderful. Say that again. No, don't. Just no. It's, I'm summarizing it. The key yeah. to Chappelle, yeah. his delivery is amazing. His facial expressions are amazingly subtle, and and good, uh-huh. and add to the comedy and mm-hmm. human. Uh, but anyway, so the the high point is he makes he he says you know I'm. He tries to make his peace with trans people then, but this is one thing he can't get over, and that's out in the open. So that's his critique of trans people. You can't say his critique would be you can't really say that you're just like other women. I'm um, don't try to pretend you're just like other women. Uh I, I guess that's that would be the 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 unfunny way to put it. Um, but he he tries to make amends to all these groups, to women, to trans people. He does not try to make amends to the Jews. And the New York Times totally missed a single. The New York Times, you know, the 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 most Jewish community in America. Uh and and it and, and, and it doesn't even notice this this incredible offense that would, would ordinarily it would go berserk about. This is so much worse than Jesse Jackson saying Jaime Town. Oh no, it's not. It's a joke. New York is Jaime Town. Get a give me a break. Yeah, but a Jesse point. Jackson was kind of caught off mic referring that to it as that to a friend or something, right? No, it he was, was worse actually, than that. It, it was worse than that. He had an off the record agreement with the reporter, and the reporter decided to break it. Like, how dumb can you be? I mean, to to use the term anyway, right? I mean, you're off the record with a reporter, fine, but you just don't. You still don't give them hostages, right? Anyway, it was dumb. Speaking was, of which, hey, how about that RBG? She called. And, well, are we through with Dave Chappelle? No, but but I just want to tell you, folks, we got this ahead. We don't leave now. We got Ruth Bader Ginsburg coming on stage. <laughs> well, um, sorry. I, Go ahead. Well, we'll get to her. But anyway, well, we can talk about it now. What was so offensive about Ruth, what Ruth Bader Ginsburg said? Well, I, mean, there's I, two, I, I think I know. There's I think two dimensions. I, I have two questions. Like, so she said to Katie Couric, apparently in an interview, what Colin Kaepernick did is dumb. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I have two questions like, A, what is a Supreme Court justice doing spouting off about American politics? I just think that's a bad idea. Well, look, she, I, but that, I, 
But that part was that part was in the interview. There was a story that she said that the fact that she said what what Kaepernick said was dumb. That was in the news. Couric didn't suppress that. Oh, she She didn't. No, she suppressed a couple of her quotes, which 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 seems to imply that she thought uh, that the protesters should realize that this is a country that gave their ancestors, you know, that their ancestors came here and, and they found freedom. Well, but that is definitely not true of the blacks who are the majority of blacks. No, but I think she meant at least at least we're incredibly like historically wrong. I think that's what I thought she meant. Well, at least you're no longer in chains like your ancestors. Why don't you be like super grateful that we're not, you know, treating you as property or something, something which would also be kind of bad. It implied that they were immigrants like everybody else, which seemed weird. And that's why it was cut, I think. They, I see. We know that we know that she thought Kaepernick was stupid and unpatriotic. That was in the interview. Well, I, I, I mean, this is maybe a hobby horse of mine, but but look, I am as cynical as the next person about the actual motivation of Supreme Court justices. They have ideologies. They tend to be political, or they wouldn't be on the Supreme Court. But I actually think it's in the interest of the country for them to try to preserve a kind of mystique surrounding the court. Uh, as as cynical as that may sound. I do not think Supreme Court justices should be going around spouting off about politics. I think they should shut the fuck up. I also I guess think since I think since I think Millie should have been fired from the Joint Chiefs of Staff for calling Trump supporters stormtroopers. I, I, I agree with you, but I think the, the occasional stripping away of the veil. So we see that they are actually human beings and what kind of human beings they are is very useful in terms uh. of. Uh, letting us know exactly what goes into a Supreme Court decision. Um, but we know that. I mean, no, we wouldn't. We would, you know, there was a Bob Woodward book that was very good about this. And, they, and we, we, we don't know. We, this was, this was, this was implied that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the God, who is supposed to be the most, you know, the sophisticated liberal hangs out with Leon Wieseltier is, is, you know, on everybody's list of the great Americas, actually had some crude sort of retrograde sort of uh, dumb opinions. Uh, it was like uh, Trump saying they're not sending their best. You know, it was it was a dumb, a dumbness. I, I, of I just think I mean, look, they give speeches insisting that there are no Democratic judges, there are no Republican judges. Again, that's not true, but I understand why they want us to believe that. Well, if they want us to believe that, they should really not go around sharing their political views. I thought, with she us. thought it was okay to say that there are, there are all judges who believe in in standing for the national anthem and saluting the flag, but no. Well, I, I suppose thing. you could you could defend her on those grounds that it was uh, she was playing against type and and trying to dispel the idea that she's a liberal yes. justice in a predictable that's way. A maybe way maybe that's a good defense. So I'll have to jump to the thing that there's no defense for, which is why did she not resign? But we've already been yeah. over that. Um, um, anyway, back to Chappelle. Yeah, uh, I think the the protest against him is, despite the New York Times trying to whip it up, is fizzling. The C- the CEO they have co CEOs and the the one Sarandos, I guess is his name, was mm-hmm. terrible. He said like, well. But this had great stickiness and it made us lots of money. So we're not going to censor this. And that's not Uh, like an idiot. That's not the quote you want. Uh, And Reed Hastings, bizarrely, who is a liberal, a hardcore liberal. He's the guy who tried to get Peter Thiel fired from the Facebook board just because Thiel supported Trump. Mm -hmm. So he's like not a not a not a uh, subtle, nuanced guy. 
He's actually, a god. He of, a he's a god good... among men. Actually, he he read one of my books. He's a god among men. Okay, and he had a very good. He had a very. The second good thing about him is that he had a very good defense that he, we believe in free expression. Uh, and Chappelle has his right to free expression. That's a better That's way clear. to put it. That's a better way to put it than sticky. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's also clear that Chappelle's thing is good in the sense that it ventilates the issue. And if you hate him, you can now have something to argue against. It's you know it, 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 you now know what people. Who don't like trans people think, and you know that there are some people there who just sort of don't like Jews and think they're aggressive assholes. Um, I th I think it's good that people know that. That wasn't the joke. The joke was that they're malcontents, right? Or what? Or I, I still don't get the joke. Malcontents, the space Jews thing. Yeah, <laughs> they're coming back and taking their land. No, uh, they're they're. It also dovetails with reclaiming art from Nazis. It's like there is a whole there's a whole theory that. The reclaiming of art, of art stolen from Nazis, has sort of become an industry. Mm -hmm. So it's like it like here we are in Germany, watching our you know looking at our nice paintings in the museums, and the Jews come back and they demand money. You know, isn't that what isn't that like what the Jews always do? I mean, it's it there there is a critique of of the people who do this, which I heard from the mouth of the a person who does it, who nevertheless defended himself, but he says he gets a lot of shit for it, mm -hmm. um, and. So Chappelle could have been echoing that critique too. They're coming back and reclaiming this land, this art that they that they you know lost fifty years ago, you know, eighty years ago, whatever. Yeah. So uh, quickly, Steve Bannon, they're threatening to uh, would they actually jail him? You know, the 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 uh, how the the whatever investigative committee in the House, I, the Jan Six Committee, is holding him in contempt. I, I don't understand this. All these subpoena fights, I ignore them all because they all come to nothing. Mm -hmm. So I just ignore this. Plus, why is the community, why is the committee, I want this committee to exist. I want it to find out the truth. But you ain't going to find out the truth by calling Steve Bannon. The only way to call Steve Bannon is because you want to nail him for perjury, okay? That's, uh, I think, you, you find out the truth by getting all the emails, getting all the evidence. Let's get all that. Uh, well, that's what they Bannon want. Is maybe that's what they want. resisting that. Yeah. No, he won't turn over documents. Oh, okay. But if it's just you want him to come and testify himself, that's not going to add to your he, knowledge. He, of he the, may of be the refusing events. to do that, but he's definitely, I think, refusing to turn over documents. Oh, well, maybe they'll eventually intimidate him to turning over documents. But can't they get the emails from their friends at Facebook or, you know, something like that? I mean, I don't even know do what documents they Bannon? are. I mean, he did play a very important role. I was I was following it at the time. He was a big, big amplifier going into that big, big time. He was he was almost the clearinghouse for like the movement. I, I really believe that. It was, was stop it, the steal. Well, yeah, and the January 6th leading up to it. It's well, like that it, stop the steal is what led the. Sure. But I mean, the specific January. event I was listening to him night after night. I mean, as I've told you, the night before January 6th, I was listening to his podcast and I said, they better have to myself. I thought they better have a battalion there. I was literally imagining the security perimeter they were going to need to establish. It was like, to the, defense of the, out of the, like the defense of the Pentagon in the 60s. Yeah, it's like it was just obvious. That's why I continue to be baffled that, that they're like, well, we didn't have good intelligence. Hey, do you have a fucking podcast app? I mean, yeah. geez. Anyway, it's, it, it, it's very weird that crowd control comes down to numbers. It's, you know, do you have more cops? Sheer, sheer number of bodies? Yeah. But also tactics. I mean, it's, you know. You, you think you, it would come down to like how strong your offenses were, but no, it comes down to numbers. 
Well, they did um, have the issue that they didn't want to appear, you know, uh, to uh, whatever the term is. They didn't want to build a moat, you know. Um, um, so uh, the, the they're 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 sort of they might step on their message here because if the per, if the purpose is to get Trump, and it turns out that Bannon was the driving force and Trump wasn't. Yeah. That sort of gets Trump off the hook. I mean, if you read Michael Wolf's book, I think we talked about this. Uh, it, all Trump, Trump wasn't concerned about the rally. He was concerned about getting Pence to do the Eastman thing, to to uh, getting Pence to, and, and it, his whole focus was putting pressure on Pence. And maybe the rally was part of that, but it wasn't the main part of that. And and he wasn't he wasn't thinking about what was happening at the rally. Uh, so he he was right. His tweet about Pence as they stormed the Capitol suggests that he saw synergy between these two issues at, at that point. He yeah. belatedly saw, saw synergy. But he, well, he talked about, like he, he talked, talked about, about Pence or, at the, he, he mentioned Pence at the rally. Right. No, but that's because his thing was about Pence. But he didn't say and he said he, he didn't say go hang him if he if he doesn't vote uh, for it. That tweet uh, came so close. It it. Anyway, this, uh, but maybe they have other evidence that will implicate Trump, but it might be that all the implicate all the evidence implicates Bannon, which is not what they want to do. Do they think they're going well, to turn Bannon? They're not going to turn Bannon. Turn him? What, what would he? What would he testify? I don't think he's got. I coordinated I, this all with Trump and the Proud Boys, and we all agreed we were going to go and kill people. That would be the worst case. I don't know. I, I'm not even sure. I suspect that. I, I, you I don't know. No, it's outlandish. But uh, um, yeah. Um, but you said that, that if you want to know what they want, they want they want to show some signs of Trump coordinating with the people who were violent, and so far there are not. I don't. They think. also just want to. Get, they just you know they would like to make Bannon some kind of victim. I mean, it's crazy because it's like they you know there's no bigger favor they could do for him than to put him in jail. I mean you know. Make his day. Tell it to Jeffrey Epstein. Well, that was a slightly different case. Um, By the way, Michael Wolf has some good Jeffrey Epstein stuff, which I didn't realize. Oh, so we can talk about that in the parrot room. In, including, a, including a theory of Trump, which is Epstein's theory of Trump, which is I'd never heard before and might make sense. Well, I... I Too bad he's not alive to expound on it. Um... Wait, theory of Trump or theory of Epstein? Theory of Trump. Trump is alive, Mickey. But Epstein is not. Oh, Epstein's theory of Trump? Yes. Oh, Michael Wolf tells us Epstein's theory of Trump? Epstein had a theory of Trump. Well, this has got Pararoom written all over it. Which he told to Ehud Barak. We will talk about this in the Parrot Room. This is, uh, I'm just going to be crassly commercial and manipulative. That's it's fucking a, bonus content, man. I'm not going to refer to Ehud Barak as one of the people that Dave Chappelle was talking about. Wait, where did where did he come from? Oh, he, he had an Epstein thing, we think. Yeah, we think. Epstein told his theory to Ehud Barak, yeah. A, oh, Epstein, Epstein told his theory of Trump to Ehud Barak? Yeah, Ehud Barak and Epstein are like that. You know that. Yeah, like that. They're in business together. Barak stays at, at an apartment that Epstein's brother owns, where he stashes his models. Epstein was a frequent guest of the townhouse. You know all that. Uh, I actually didn't, but I'll take your word for it. And it, it, was that because Barack was Epstein's control? No, that couldn't be. Now, let's leave that. That's Dave Chappelle territory, man. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm also surprised that the ADL hasn't gone more berserk about you. 
Chappelle. They must realize that that would only help him and cause, I mean, if they finally realized that calling attention to an anti-Semitic crack actually is worse for the Jews than, than not calling attention to it and ignoring it when everybody else is I mean, ignoring it. Also, not to be too cynical about the ADL, but they tend to focus on, uh, let's just say they spend some time on statements that are critical of Israel or they think are bad for Israel that they can depict as anti-Semitic. I mean, um, well, this, that's what this is. No, it's not. It's not like he's, you know, it's not. It's he didn't not say like, the word Israel, but he talks about people leaving a land and coming back and claiming it. it, it could be no, right. but, but I mean, think concrete things like like Ilhan Omar saying the reason American politicians support Israel, it's all about the Benjamins, that kind of thing, where she's actually, uh, she, you know, she's where arguing she's actually, where she's actually honing in on the truth. I will leave that to you to to uh, <laughs> I mean, it's partly about the Benjamins. I mean, I certainly it's partly about the Benjamins. It's not certainly not entirely. Yeah, about I mean, the Benjamins. well, even if you're just talking about APAC, it's not only about the Benjamins. Uh, they're, they're, they have they have subtler dimensions in that. But um, yeah. but, but there, uh, yeah, but they, there are, I uh, anyway, I recently I heard an anecdote where somebody. Tried to t- try to tell a group of Jewish donors that they shouldn't worry about anti-Semitism among the Trump deplorables. They weren't, there is some anti-Semitism there. It's deplorable. Uh, and, uh, but these are the people you have to reach. You, you, you want to reach the American working class, you're going to get some anti-Semitism in the bargain. And the donors absolutely did not understand this point. Anti-Semitism is well, anti-Semitism to them. I can see but, why they wouldn't. I mean, it's like, if you say to any group, look, you're going to have to accept a little persecution. That's life. I mean, they're, they're probably going to resist that. It's not persecution. It's 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 bigotry. Well, that too. I mean, you. And, yeah. and, it, it, and you have to have be, you know, you have to be cut the working class some slack just the way you would cut, presumably cut rich people some slack for their bigotry and and figure that, in you know, in in the in, in, in the in the long run, if we all get together and talk to each other, the bigotry is going to disappear. That would be the goal. Yeah. Well, I certainly think Trump. I mean, I think there were two kinds of concerns about Trump uh, among different people going in. One was that he would foment anti-Semitism. The other was that uh, he would sell out Israel or not, you know, not not do what a good pro-Israel president would do. This the second part turned out to certainly be wrong. Uh, and I don't right. know. I, I don't remember. Oh, let's see. There were a few accusations that I thought were a little. Uh, shaky, like he 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 tweeted a sheriff's badge that had six points. Or yeah, something. and then it was an ad that had, and it was a retweet. A bunch I think of Goldman Sachs people yeah. who were Jewish in it or something. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. But anyway, um. So wait. So you had you promised, or is this parrot room material? You promised you were going to try to get me upset. And you promised. No, on let's let's do that. Okay. No. So this takes us to my newsletter, the non-zero newsletter. Yes. Let's let the let's enter the anger dome. Good luck. And see if Good we luck. can get Bob upset. I'm happy as a clam. You're not going to change that. You're going to try to get me to lose my cool? Hard to imagine. Um, There's, there are other there, Bobs, and you may be getting me mixed up with one of them. Uh, so you wrote this this long blog post where you uh, try to you, try to define the blob. Kind of. Against all the blobsters who, in Sarah Lyle's piece in the New York Times, had said, 
oh, the, the definition is, is incoherent. Yeah. So there really is no definition. There's no such thing as the blob. No coherent notion that corresponds and, and to I the foreign policy page, blob. I would be able to talk about it. You know, the blob being the view that the people who the loosely ideologically connected people who prevail within the foreign policy establishment and have, in the view of people like me, totally screwed up American foreign policy for decades now. Yes. Right. And, and I loved your piece because it's very clearly written and funny. And it seems to meander, but it meanders in a very purposeful way that takes you where you want to go. That's the Substack way, man. Uh, so it will by it was a haiku compared to the average Substack <laughs> post. <laughs> it was uh, the, long, but, um, the longest newsletter piece I've ever written, I think. So uh, anyway, you so you go. The, but the best section is the section where you say what the blob is not. Right. Then you get to what the blob is. And the gruel gets a little thin. Uh, Careful. You, you I feel say, my equanimity slipping. You say, exactly. You say, I'm already sensed I have some traction. Uh, you, you say um, that they're, they exaggerate the threats, mm -hmm. that they're Manichaean. Mm -hmm. They have an us versus them, good guys versus bad guys. That, view would, that, of the that would be Manichaean, yes. They, they have... Um, they believe in American exceptionalism, their own exceptionalism. They're the good guys. They they believe in meddling uh, in the internal uh, affairs of they, other countries. Um, yes, they are. Uh, number five is they think they can get away with it in the world. Wait, no, that's and, not quite what it is. What is number five? I, I'll call the piece up. They they think that the number five is very short, and that's the point. Uh, uh -oh. Number six is they're hypocrites. Okay, if we leave out number five, basically you're saying they're assholes, and it could apply to people's view of Trumpists. You know, they exaggerate the threat. They think the Trumpists are bad people. They have a Manichaean worldview. Uh, you know, they 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 they're hypocrites. They believe in you know the FBI people go to jail for lying, breaking the rules in order to mm -hmm. get the Trumpists. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're just saying that they're assholes, but that could be anybody. That could be, and the key is number five. They think they can get away with all the meddling. In, no, in it's not get away with. Uh, number five is naive do-goodism, and it, and I say right, this: okay. the, the meddling, you know, in the internal affairs of other nations is driven not only by a conviction that we know what's best for everyone, but that we have the skill to bring it into being. Right. Even though the last few decades of history strongly suggests we don't. And I've given examples in the piece of the various ways we try to intervene, not even all of them military. But, uh, but the key is the key know. is the, the naive is, is exactly that, because the distinguishing characteristic of the blob, which you don't even mention in the piece, which is clear, is that they they don't really have a Manichaean view. They think that everybody is the same. Everybody is democracy loving. Everybody is freedom loving. So if we go and meddle, we're going to unleash this this wonderful human nature that everybody has and democracy is going to wind up ruling the world they have a universalistic positive view of humanity not as the bad guys but as too good and it, their whole theory works is because they have this crazy george bush idea that well you know once we have people want democracy and once we have democracy we won't have any more wars uh and that is the essence of blob it seems to me and you left it out well, you're saying you're saying that universalism, the idea that kind of people everywhere are the same 
Is the blob is a blob characteristic? I should have added. Yeah, the Iraqis are going to welcome us with flowers and embrace democracy, and we only have to have a hundred thousand troops there because, hey, they're Democrats, and it'll be fine, and we can set up we can set up democracy, stand up democracy, stand up a democracy in Iraq, stand up a democracy in Afghanistan. Piece of cake. Everybody wants democracy. Uh, they're all just like us. That's the essence. You know, I could have. I mean, in the in blob. the uh, in the Ezra Klein interview when I was describing the foreign policy establishment. I did uh, say there's an assumption that people everywhere share our aspirations. But, you know, I don't think I'm as skeptical as universalism in a certain sense as, as you are. I mean, it's like people in rural Afghanistan do not want what people uh, who have shows on MSNBC want. That that I believe. But I don't believe that is some deeply embedded fact. And in fact, you see that Afghans who have moved to the city are quite different from Afghans who who live in rural areas. So I don't I don't think I'm quite as anti-universalistic as you are. Well, this is this is you. You've anticipated the next point I was going to make, which is. Uh, is there is the reason that you are you're 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 more willing than other people to sort of let China run its course uh, you know, uh, not meddle in their affairs, not assume that they're not force them into democracy, not that, you know, uh, because you you are still confident that the arrow of history points in a good direction. The the arrow of history, as you outlined in your book, non-zero points to a an end point, which is pretty democratic and favorable. So we can let them let, let them let them run their course. And this implies that you you do have a universalistic aspect. Uh, which which is that everybody in the end is going to be sort of democratic and that's the only only way it's going to work. And so you are just like the blob because you both have universal. I, I, I don't think that belief is required uh, in order to argue that we shouldn't be doing a lot of meddling. I mean, uh, that question aside, which I can get to. We we cannot save Hong Kong. I don't I don't I'm not aware of a way that we can bring democracy to Hong Kong. Okay, at, 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 a, at what you might call an acceptable cost in the sense that it doesn't pose all kinds of other risks and do all kinds of other damage that involve the welfare of actual human beings, ultimately, and, you know, and so on. So but uh, ultimately, would, you think democracy will come to Hong Kong C- centuries and centuries from now? Well, uh, look, at some I mean, point, centuries the history that you outline in non-zero points to democracy and Hong Kong being part of the world is going to be democratic. The, th- the thing I said in non-zero that uh, is commonly thought to uh, have been now demonstrably disproved, which I'm not quite ready to give up on, is that in the long run, um, perhaps especially in a modern technological environment, and, and this part, I, I, I think I put I put too much hope in the properties of the uh, of the of the modern digital technological environment. But 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 anyway, the argument was that um, the the government has to, to some extent, choose between prosperity and liberty, not in the sense of becoming a liberal democracy, but just in the sense that there are trade offs where, uh, you know, there's a cost to being too repressive in economic terms. It's going to cut into your prosperity. I still think that's uh, probably true. Whether that will 
ultimately lead China to become more politically liberal in the long run? I think the jury is still out. I mean, I was there in 2010. Things were going pretty well. Chinese people were telling me, oh, the dialogue is so much more open than it used to be. There's only like a couple of things you're not supposed to say. And that's way better than it used to be. Now, then she shows up. Things change. We don't know how much of that is due to, to, the, to him or, or other things. But it's not that long a period of time. Well, also, the fact that he feels he has to crack down shows that there is a tension there. I well, mean, well he- precisely. I, I, I think that's true. I also think that more than we realize, um, we have played into his hands, you know, all the lecturing we do of China sometimes strengthens the national, the nationalist sentiment that he thrives on. Um, but, uh, anyway, I, I think I, 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 uh, you know, I do believe people everywhere are, are at some fundamental level, pretty much the same, but, but if- OK, well, that's a, so but there are significant cultural differences and we do have to respect those. They're, um, they're just they're just because they're cultural. That means to me they may not be eternally manifest, but they're there and they're real. That's an alarmingly good uh, synthesis. So we'll pass that over and say uh, if but if the jury is out on whether China becomes democratic, the jury is out on whether non-zero is right or not. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, I don't know if I said someday there'll be a liberal democracy. I was talking about, a, um, but, but, but yeah, it was optimistic along that dimension and the jury is out on that. I mean, that's my best case scenario because most people think the jury's in and, and people like me lost. So yeah, the jury's right. out. I insist on that. The jury my, being um, my, this, this dovetails in with, um, uh, my, a dilemma that, that I have too, which is I think I sort of know what people will do. And sometimes it's not what those people themselves think they want to do, but I think I sort of know their human nature and that they will eventually see my light. Uh, it's very similar to Barack Obama saying, if we give them good jobs, they'll drop, they'll stop clinging to their guns and their God. Uh, I bitterly, think we, bitterly clinging. Uh, what? Bitterly clinging. He said, bitterly. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think if we, uh, you know, if we, if we, if we, uh, we were just talking about it. I think if you give people good jobs and have a dialogue, there'll be fewer and everybody mingles with each other. There'll be fewer, less racism. They may not think that. uh, Am am I an asshole for trying to impose, uh, you know, am I a snob like Obama thinking, well, if you do what I say, you, the object of my policy will, will change. I thought that with welfare, I thought if you if you people go to work, there'll be a better culture. Uh, maybe they didn't think that. Uh, so, um, and I'm, so am I just as condescending as anybody who predicts that China will do this and China do that will do that? Uh, are we are we condescending to the Chinese to say no? We're not going to do that. Um, uh, I don't know. Wait, wait. Are we condescending to the Chinese if we say what? The Chinese say. We're going to keep our one party state and we don't need your democracy. We have a new fourth, you know, history isn't ended. We have a new, mm. a new form of, uh, of combining a mode of production and government, uh, and that's better than yours. Uh, you know, it may be more authoritarian, but so what? And it will win. Yeah. Uh, and we're saying, no, we know it won't because you need freedom. Uh, I, I mean, one thing I will say, 
I mean, yeah, in a way it's kind of, I guess, condescending. But, but one thing I will say is China has done a better job than is appreciated, I think, of on the one hand, not having democracy and yet getting actual feedback from people about how they're happy they are with governance and adjusting to that. I, one, you know, I mentioned I had lunch with this uh, Princeton political scientist. He mentioned another Princeton political scientist who's a China expert who wrote a book called Making Autocracy Work, I think is the name of it. And, 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 and apparently that's his very argument, that they're better than you would think at meeting the actual needs of the people. And, and in a way, that's a long historical tendency of China. I mean, for very long periods of time, they, they kept very large expanses of land under unified government and had ways, even though it wasn't a democracy, of getting feedback from the hinterland I'm thinking maybe I should find this guy and have him on my podcast. Would that be interesting? It would, wouldn't sure. it? Sure. The, um, the, um, the John Lanchester piece that my friend John Ellis promotes that I keep talking about uh, in the London Review of Books said, said, said he was reviewing a book where he said uh, they're very good at letting local disputes fester. So they let, they let people speak their mind about their local officials, mm-hmm. and they're very sophisticated about what threatens them at the top. But they let they let local sort of semi democracy or at least people have a voice. They sort of let that flourish. They don't suppress everything. But I don't think it's just festering. I think sometimes they are responsive to that's that what feedback. I I did, yeah. Festering was the wrong word. And, and and that's an example where the technology is playing a role. I mean, people they organize with with cell phones and stuff, and they have protests. And and there's more of that than people realize. And they complain about polluted lakes and stuff. And they get results. I, I, I think there's more I, of that going on than people realize. I, I, I still keep thinking of Garrett Epps as a, a person who's uh, blocked me on Twitter, nevertheless wrote a good novel where he pointed out that in Richmond, I think I've referred to this before, in Richmond, Virginia, they were about to make slavery work in the factory. They had a they built a factory. It's still there where they were having slaves do industrial work, which is supposedly what slavery could not transition to. And yet they were making it work and they're going to make a whole they're going to make a whole bunch of money uh, and be very productive uh, without any freedom at all. So, um, well, that's the way the system had worked. Right. I mean, the the farms were productive without any freedom at all. Right. right? But the theory was that slavery could never transition to industrialism. And Garrett points out, well, it was transiting to industrialism right here in the heart of Richmond. Um, uh, And it was only because the North won the Civil War that they squelched this Mm -hmm. experiment. And they're. You know, there's the other example is the Germans sort of half made communism work. People were still buying Zeiss lenses, even though they were made in East Germany. Zeiss lenses were made in East Germany? I think so. Huh. Who knew? You know, my smartphone. Oh, this is like maybe a grand unified theory of. Uh, no, my smartphone has a Leica and it's a Huawei, I was going to say. Maybe it was uh, Leica that I'm thinking of. There was some. Photographic equipment that was okay, still could have been Zeiss. Um, I'm not even sure Leica is Germany, is it? Maybe. Uh, so, um, um, so it's, Mickey, it's, we, it's, it, Leica is destined to to mainly be famous for uh, Mary McCarthy's view of "I am a camera." Uh, I'm not sure I'm getting that reference, but Mary McCarthy reviewed "I Am a Camera," the a play based on uh, the book of short stories, I guess, and uh, her review was. No, like a. Uh, now that wasn't the play. wasn't written by her great rival, was it? What was the great rivalry? The two was, people who hated each other. Mar- Mary yeah, it was McCarthy. written by Christopher Isherwood. 
Okay. Her, her, her great rival was Mary McCarthy. No, wait, she was Mary McCarthy. No, she was Mary McCarthy. Her great rival was, was uh, right, the... Uh, as I know, whenever anybody walked up to her and said, is your great rival Mary McCarthy? She would say, I'll have you know, I am Mary McCarthy. <laughs> so I've made so, that mistake in worse situations than this. Um, you know nothing of my work. I am me. Um, so, Mickey, we've been talking was, for a minute, was, an hour and nine minutes. It was the woman who did. Uh, oh, 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 shit. The woman it's who said every, every word she utters is, is a lie. Is, is a, yeah, including. Yeah. Man, Lillian Hellman. I'm glad I forgot her. I'm Wait, so did I get it I right? Lillian Hellman? You will forget her. Lillian Hellman? Yeah, it was Lillian Hellman. Thank you. Also a woman who, when Russia, when uh, Hitler invaded Russia, she burst from a meeting and said, a motherland has been attacked. Wait, say that again? Which one said that? Lillian Hellman? Or Lillian Hellman. And she said it when? Uh, during the war, when the motherland was attacked by Hitler. Oh, when he broke the agreement. Uh, there, so, there's a very good book called The Hollywood Writers Wars that's designed to convince you that the Hollywood writers who were victimized in the McCarthy period weren't communists, that basically succeeds in convincing you that they were communists <laughs> because it's a good book. Um, I will take that under advisement. So Mickey, we should, uh, it's an hour and 10 minutes. People are in a hurry to get to this amazing five seconds that's gonna be at the end of this. And yet there, there are things we fail to get to, and we should mention them so we can speak about them in the, in the parrot room. Okay. We'll talk about the supply, supply chains. What could be more exciting than that? That'll, that'll bring them in. Um, supply chains. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein's. Uh, Michael Wolf's uh, account of some Jeffrey Epstein's theory of Trump, or is it the other way? Yeah. No? Yeah. That's it, right? Ignore a that. Friend of mine, a friend of mine who's a listener in the show to the show is calling. Calling. Let's um, have him or her on, Mickey. No, I don't think so. But okay. I hope I, parrot room. She should, uh, she should. She so should. So I'm gonna um, made it onto the air. So let's see. Uh, we could maybe mention this issue of Walgreens closing stores because of systematic shoplifting. Um, Nick Kristoff. Nick Kristoff running. Well, you can veto these. Just let me know. We, do we not want to talk about Nick Kristoff? Apparently, inspired by your not altogether successful run for the Senate, is thinking about running, uh, leaving journalism to run for governor of Oregon. Well, he, I know his goal is. I know he tells people he wants to beat Kaus. That's that's yeah. his goal. He doesn't so, really want to win. So he wants to come in nineteenth or beat higher. Kaus wants to um, come what nineteenth or higher. It was a joke. It was not good. Um, uh, he came in third, Bob. Uh, more evidence of Ben Rhodes's b ironic. Blobishness, ironic since he coined the term blob. Um, um, there's, what else? They, uh, I had some things maybe to say about David Shore. Uh, Popularism. Could talk about is Terry McAuliffe going to win in Virginia? Uh, you talk about them finally killing the Iowa primary caucuses, we hope. Uh, now, you write it, you write it, you have this list, right? I have them written down. Okay. We could talk about. Daniel Craig uh, saying he just just sort of happens to like to go to gay bars for the decor and because to avoid fistfights, like to avoid the machismo of hetero culture. Yes. Right. Well, I figured you'd be suspicious of that claim. I'm a little um, suspicious. A little uh, suspicious of that one. Um, the um, 
the flaw in my, I, I, I was obviously completely ignorant when I talked about how the important thing in reforming, stopping the potential Trump coup was to get hold of the, st the state legislatures. Because there is a provision in the Constitution that seems to give the power to the state legislatures. So, um, uh, state legislators, Trump. Perhaps that's a little a roadblock to uh, to this theory. Um, there's a new documentary about my favorite band, the Velvet Underground, which is supposed to be terrific. Velvet. Velvet Underground. What? I said Velvet Underground. Oh, I thought you I said Delete. No, you were deleting my topic. No, okay. Now I want to. Um, I want to. I, I did. A, I taped a thing with Steve Pinker that's going to air next week. I want to talk about that a little. I, I want to like maybe if we have time, raise the question of. I don't see why he's quite so demonized by the left. A little bit, I see it, but not as much as it is. Um, I, well, why is he demonized by the left and not you, Bob? Oh, well, that's a, that's an excellent way to put it, actually. Yeah, why him and not me? Because we agreed on some things. They're on in the in the podcast. Um, that's a good good way to put it. Are you you actually disagree on the th things with Steve? Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, the uh, I, I think I don't know. Maybe should we say this because we have so much stuff? But but so last week, so you had you had had a good. Uh, joke about genitalia two weeks ago. I tried to counter with a joke about genitalia last week in the parrot room. This is all in the parrot room. Uh, by by uh, comment or consensus, I failed. You, you, you're still ahead. I do have another genitalia joke. I don't know. Do we have so much wonderful content that I should save it or what? No, you should do it and we can compare it with uh, I'll think of a joke from the Dave Chappelle show, which is nonstop jokes about genitalia. So, Okay. Um, so we'll have a, a genitalia joke face off. Uh, it's hard to believe you're going to win this one, Bob, but I doubt it. Um, but I didn't think you'd keep your cool. And, yeah, you were, you were wrong about that. And well, you can judge you were starting to get a little animated there, but yeah. Um, you know, th there are things may a couple of things in today's non-zero newsletter which i hope to now uh go get out if we'll if we quit recording uh in between now in the pair room i'm gonna click send on that but uh uh u.s threatens military action against iran um uh and then oh and the, the facebook thought police there's a whole new dimension to that 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 the interceptor wrote about uh I know. Um, we may not have. I, I went, they had a list of people who were like dangerous people who were flagged. I only knew like two of them. You did know two of them. I didn't read the whole list. There's like four thousand items on it. I scanned it. I scanned it from for people I know, and I didn't oh. find any. But you I did must, know two of them. You did know two of them. No, I know one of them. I've met one. Oh, of them. oh, it would be an all right figure, probably right. Well, there was a list of organizations, and then there was a list of individuals. Yeah. Uh. Okay, we'll talk about. It. Then we Riddle, should talk about no, that. We, let's not talk about that. No, we'll but, talk um, about that. <laughs> uh, and uh, I wanted to start a new feature in the paragraph. Help a boomer out, where I say I don't understand some word that's commonly used. Like I think the last time it was I didn't understand what the Brandon meme was. 
And right. Our commenters answered that. We have the answer. Answer that immediately. So I have a second one. I have another one this week. Okay. Because I'm a font of uh, cluelessness. I'm right up there with you, as you know. So uh, other stuff, too. We'll talk about other stuff, too. Believe me, there's no place like the parrot room. And so now they get to see the uh, the amazing parrot room visual. Um, and, can't wait. I'm and, on tenor hooks. You'll be impressed. You're going to be impressed. You're going to be going like, whoa, I can't uh, believe I mocked this. Hang on. You'll be impressed. Yeah, I'm not saying it, it rates up there with that, but it, it's good. It's good. Okay, we will see you in the pair.